There are over 500,000 kids in foster care across the United States, and making sure they're well taken care of takes a village. I'm Erin Lindstrom, and this is Foster Care Aware, a production brought to you by Tidewater Friends of Foster Care with support from the Barry Robinson Center. If you've had it on your heart to become a foster parent, volunteer, donor, advocate, or just want to learn more, you're in the right place. For more information on how to move forward, head to fostercareaware.org slash next steps. And now I'm thrilled to share today's segment with you. Hey, I'm Erin Lindstrom, and I am joined by Audra Bullock, the president and founder of Tidewater Friends of Foster Care. And with us, we have Bianca Bennett, former foster youth and foster club young leader, and Brittany Carey, who's Foster Club's Young Leaders Program Manager. Ladies, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, we are so glad to have you, and I'm excited to hear more about um, yourselves and your journeys here and kind of where we're going and how we can get involved with Foster Club. Um, so let's see, Bianca, would you mind starting us off and just kind of telling us a little bit about yourself and your journey um, through foster care? Sure. So my name is Bianca Bennett. Um, I am 22 years old. I was in the New York foster care system at the age of two. Um, I was reunified with my mother at three and then I was entered back into the foster care system due to her substance abuse at 13 until I aged out at 21. I was placed in multiple homes such as group homes, foster homes, and multiple kinship placements. And then eventually at 17, my grandmother became my legal guardian and that's where, that's where I aged out with her. So foster care was kind of a journey for me, especially being in New York City. It's such a big city. Um, it's so big, but not a lot of people inform, like let each other know that we're foster care kids. So it, I felt alone in the system, but aging out and um, being a part of foster club actually made me understand that I'm not alone. I'm not by myself. There's other kids out there who've gone through similar situations as me, and I'm not weird or different the way I thought I was growing up. So um, growing up, I thought foster care was kind of a hindrance, but now that I'm older, it's kind of a blessing. So I'm really happy that I went through that experience. Wow. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. Brittany, do you want to share a little bit about yourself with our audience? Yeah. So my name is Brittany Carey. Um, as you mentioned, I'm the Young Leaders Program Manager here at Foster Club. Uh, I've been here for about a year and my background is primarily in trauma-informed education, juvenile justice, um, and just kind of critical cultural consciousness and um, social diversity and whatnot. Um, so I'm really excited to bring um, all of that in my background to the programs we have at Foster Club and working with um, youth who have navigated through the child welfare system. That's super. Thank you, Brittany. Uh, Bianca, can you tell us, I know you had a very hard journey in foster care and a very long journey. Um, <laughs> tell us what were some of the unexpected struggles. And I mean, I, I, I'm talking about what would, from an outside perspective, people not really expect to be a struggle for a foster youth? Mm. Well, one struggle in particular, me growing up in foster care, you usually have two types of foster care kids. One is the one who have behavioral issues who are struggling with, you know, internal issues that's going on in their life. And then you have the over exceeders, over succeeders. And that was me. I was in school always doing well. And to the fact where nobody really cared about my story or what I was saying because I was thriving in school. And a lot of people don't understand that usually those are the most like traumatized kids because we're trying to use our success to overcome our obstacles. And I think that's really something that people need to understand is that trauma doesn't show the same for everybody. And it takes, it takes people to really get be beneath the behavior and what kids are doing to understand that 
trauma is really a struggle that we struggle that we go through. Disassociation was one of my biggest things that I struggled with in foster care. I didn't understand what my life was going through. And I thought, well, if I forgot about it, it didn't exist. But eventually, when you get older, you have to address that type of trauma growing up. And it's really hard, especially when you age out, to understand that you went through a situation that made you who you are today, and it might have not been a positive one. So just understanding that trauma is shown differently through every foster care kid, that was really a big struggle. That's amazing, uh, because there, there's so many kids in care that have just terrible outcomes, you know, not productive adulthoods, and, and to to acknowledge that there's struggle for those that do have the resiliency, that do have, you know, the, the fortitude to make it through and be successful adults is, is amazing, right? We all need to pause and recognize that these are traumatic events and children in care need space to heal, even though it might appear that they mm-hmm. don't. They absolutely need space to heal and we need to prepare our parents um, with the tools to recognize that even though you're doing well, that, you know, there's going to be hurt there and we have to, we have to own it. We have to hold space and, and, and move forward. So, so Bianca, kind of continuing along that, that line, that thread, you had different homes, different, you know, residential, foster, kinship, that, that the whole spectrum of foster care. What, what were some of the good elements of those various homes and if you could paint a picture of your ideal home what would that be mm. so I believe that my ideal well my ideal home would have been being with my parents that's where I wanted to be even though my mother struggled with substance abuse and there were a lot of you know it was a lot of negligence going on that's where I felt happy and that's where I felt comfortable because I knew that my mother loved me unconditionally, despite all the things that she went through. So if that was my ideal home, that's where I'd want to be. And it took me a while for me to understand that because when growing up, all I wanted to do was like live with Claire and Bill Huxtable. Like I just <laughs> wanted to be happy and safe <laughs> and perfect. rich. And I thought money and, um, and fiscal responsibility would have been what made me happy. But it was really all about the unconditional love. And I think that's the hardest part with going through foster care, especially through residential homes, foster homes, kinship, you really have to determine whether people really care about you or not. Is it really for the money or is it because they want to take kids in and they really care about you as an individual? So I guess it was really a struggle going through like a regular group home or a foster home and thinking, am I different from any of these other kids? Are they going to accept me for who I am? Do I have to change who I am to, to be accepted in this family to where you would be into a kinship home where you live with a family member and you have to ask yourself, does this family member really even like me? Or are they just doing this because I'm family, quote unquote. So I guess it's really just trying to understand your worth as a young child and trying to understand the unconditional love that a home could give you. Hmm. Right. Oh my goodness. That is so important, Bianca. Thank you for sharing. I think that's a really interesting point you bring up, especially that most adults who are coming to the table right now thinking about fostering, everyone is so wrapped up in what will change in their lives, what they're bringing to the table. And it's so illuminating to hear from a child's perspective, like, you know, we talk about attachment and trust and stuff. And that's a huge part of it is knowing that, you know, there's money changing hands in order to support the child in foster care. And then asking like, is this love or are you like, what is your intention here? And knowing that kids can really feel the difference. So if you're coming to this with with an actual open heart, it might take some time because there are trust questions there. But Mm -hmm. in the long run, it sounds like that's really the most important work to be done. Yeah. Amazing. 
Um, Brittany, can you tell us a little bit about the mission of Foster Club? Yeah, of course. So Foster Club's mission is to ensure that lead the efforts of young people and those from foster care and mm-hmm. make sure that they become connected, educated, inspired, and represented. Um, and, you know, Foster Club kind of began as understanding that young people in care um, didn't really understand the process and, and weren't really being informed on what was going on around them. It was just kind of being inflicted upon them and they weren't being a part of that process. Um, so that's really Foster Club's main mission and goal is to make sure that young people who are experiencing the system are are actively engaged and actively represented in their care and have a say in that. I mean, who better to listen to and who better to to understand that perspective and lead change in child welfare than those who actually experienced the child welfare system. Um, and so we definitely want to make sure that, you know, with our programming, especially with our all-star internship program, uh, we definitely make sure and ensure that our, the young people that we engage with are representative of our, of those in foster care. Uh, so we know that disproportionately it does impact um, Black and Indigenous youth. We know that LGBTQ youth are disproportionately impacted by child welfare systems. Um, and so we want to make sure that those who are kind of leading that charge and those that who are standing in front and doing things like this and, and, and informing even foster parents about what's going on are, you know, those who've experienced it and those who are disproportionately impacted. How do, how does somebody join Foster Club? I'm sorry, I just don't know the age range or the parameter space there. Yeah, so we have our website. So really anyone can join the website. On our website, we have um, youth perspectives. So we'll have blogs, we have blogs. Um, we have a kind of announcements if we do like our all-star internship, that's an annual um, internship that we have over the summer. It's generally about a six week program. Um, and we do hold it in our headquarters in Seaside, Oregon, of course, with the crisis happening, it's been, everything's kind of shifted to being virtual. So it looks a little bit different, but we're still going forward with our internship program. Um, and so that is one, one of the main ways I think that young people are engaging with us. Um, we have um, kind of community-based clubs that we are, we're kind of working on right now um, to, really in, to really have more connectedness of young people who are in care um, and connecting with their peers and having, um, you know, near peer experts and having uh, mentors and just kind of having a community who is there to support these young people as they're navigating through care. So there are multiple ways uh, that we interact with young people. Um, but generally we're working with transition age youth and um, teenage youth, um, but definitely our, our goal is to reach anyone who is impacted by the child welfare system. Amazing. And then on the other side, you have a foster parent online training as well, right? Yes, we do. Can, can you tell us more about that? Yeah, of course. So in addition to working with youth, we do have yeah. foster online training. Um, our training is, um, it's trauma-informed, it's foster-informed, so we definitely want to make sure that we're incorporating an authentic youth perspective um, <coughs> in our online training. It's a one-year subscription, um, and what I love about it is that it is really cost-effective, and it is um, very convenient. It's very accessible. Um, you know, if you have any technical issues, you can definitely call the office, and a real person will help you go through every problem that you might be encountering, um, and so those are kind of my favorite things about our foster parent online training because it does make it very accessible. Uh, we want more foster parents. <laughs> we definitely need more foster parents. Um, and so the more people who, who are trained and who have um, an informed perspective, uh, mm-hmm. that kind of will help shape, you know, the lives of young people. Very cool. And then is the training, um, does it actually like give the parents licensure or is this something that they do in addition to going through another training and licensing program? 
So this would be in, in addition. So, okay. I mean, you know, licensing kind of depends where you are. Uh, so this would be more of an addition. Amazing. Yeah, yeah that's fantastic. Um, I was wondering, you mentioned advocacy work in, in uh, child welfare. Um, can you tell us a little bit more, Brittany, about specific things that you're interested in in accomplishing in the child welfare sphere? And then, Bianca, I want to know, as a former foster youth, what do you want to see from a child welfare system? If you could change one thing, what would it be? So, Brittany, um, tell us about the advocacy, please. Yeah, so that is, I think, one of the main things about my role with Foster Club as the Young Leaders Program Manager. I was really engaging with the young leaders um, and giving them the tools and the opportunities to, in order to effectively advocate for themselves. Because uh, people don't want to hear me standing in front of child welfare professionals talking about things. Um, I'm not the person they want to hear from. They want to hear from the youth. Um, and so what we do is we just make sure that they have the tools. We have specific training that we, we arm our young people with. So there's strategic sharing. Um, they learn kind of about youth adult partnerships. They learn about the importance of these things. Um, and so by making sure that they are, you know, as, as our mission says, making sure that they're connected, making sure that they're educated, uh, making sure that they're represented in spaces exactly like these, um, that young people have a stage to, to, to talk about their perspective. Um, and that's another thing that we do is we help them to shape their stories um, and take, you know, not everyone's story is, you know, is, is positive and not everyone's story is negative. Like your story is specific to you. Um, and so how can you use that story as a place of power and to inform and to change the child welfare system? So, so Bianca, give you a magic wand. What do you change? Hmm. Hmm. Can I say three things? Yeah. Yes, of course. <laughs> yes, you can. Thank you. <laughs> so one thing I would change about the child welfare system is I would change the definition of family. I believe that family is unconditional, family is what you make of it, and family is a right. So it doesn't matter how old you may be, you can be 30. If you feel like somebody's your family, that's your family. If they show you unconditional love, then that's what it is. And I don't feel like somebody can define what family is. We see that mother, father, sister, and brother's family, but cousin can be family, aunt can be family, uncle, the neighbor down the street can be your family. The person that shows you unconditional love can be your family. And I think the child welfare system needs to take that into account when looking into potential foster parents, because anybody who shows support to a child can be that, can be that right for that person. The other thing is I would like the child welfare system to focus on a child's behavior does not define the child. Mm -hmm. We understand that our kids go through trauma and that, and they might act out because of it, but just because they act out does not mean that they're a terrible person. That does not make, their behavior does not make them who they are. It takes strong people in the child welfare system, foster care parents, kinship parents, birth care, birth parents, and, and social workers to understand that you have to go deeper into understanding who a child is and look past the behavior. And the third thing I would like to say, which is what Foster Club has taught me when I was 2018 All-Star is if, um, if you're not at the table, you're on the menu. And saying that means if you don't have people who have gone through the experience, who have gone through child welfare system, making the decisions and having a perspective in the child welfare system, then they're just being chewed out. They're just being eaten. You're not really having a, a partake of 
what the child welfare system can be and how great it can be because you're not hearing from those perspectives. So you really have to take into account in everybody who's a part of the child welfare system, from kinship, birth parents, foster youth, even social workers. We need all those voices heard so we can really make a difference in creating a child welfare system the way we want to create it. That's amazing. I love that. I'm I'm going to play that back over and over and over. That's <laughs> incredible. Thank you for that perspective. Thank you for your journey. And, and thank you for um, taking this and paying it forward to other kids in the system. Amazing. Yep. Thank you both for being with us. This has been amazing. I'm so excited to share this conversation. Thank you. Thank you. For, for more on joining the Foster Club, what, what is, read us out the website. Yeah, you can join us at www.fosterclub.org and you'll find all the information about um, our organization, our beginnings. You'll find a lot about our young, our young leaders, all-star internship program, and especially our foster parent online training. Perfect. Thank you, ladies. Thank you. Thank you. And a big thank you for listening. Foster Care Aware is all about spreading the word about how we can help the kids who are in care in whatever capacity works for you. Tidewater Friends of Foster Care is here to help support you through the journey. Whether you want to be a foster parent, volunteer, donor, or advocate, head on over to fostercareaware.org slash next steps to learn more.